0: Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. I am your host, Coley Browning, and I am beyond excited that you are here joining me for another episode of the podcast. The music that you are hearing is an original piece by my friend Christy Masing. You can find more of her music and ways to connect with her through her website, christymasing.com I'm always so grateful for hearing her voice in every single episode. Today on the show, we are celebrating Mother's Day, honoring the mothering figures in our lives. And I believe that you do not have to have had a child to carry the mom-like qualities of being kind, caring, and sometimes even life-saving. I've had mentors, leaders, teachers, and even friends care for me as if they were my own mother. They've been so encouraging, and two of the women who've been huge mothering figures in my life, as well as mamas to big, loving families, are my friends, Michelle Thomas and Randa Oleski. A few months ago, Michelle and Randa invited me over for brunch, and after they filled me with delicious food, we talked about their experience of loving and leading families and what it's like to be a mom to adult children, young children, grandchildren, the whole mix. So in the background of this episode, you might hear a few sounds of glass cups moving on the table or some background noises. It makes the interview feel more authentic, so consider it an invitation to join our conversation. Michelle and Randa both love Jesus. His work in their lives has been so evident in their time of being a mom. This episode is one of my favorites, and I pray it blesses your heart and encourages you in whatever season you may be in, because we are all capable of being moms to someone. Please welcome my friends, Michelle Thomas and Randa Oleski. Since we have two people, I want everyone to like recognize who's talking, so let's start with you sharing your name, where you're from, and what brought you to Pensacola.
1: I'm Michelle Thomas, and I am from Florida, but not from Pensacola. I was born in South Florida in Miami and have moved a lot in my life and uh, settled here in Pensacola with lots of siblings living close.
0: But you should share that you're a military spouse.
1: Well, yes. I have been in Pensacola since I finished high school. And then many years later, I met my husband when he was in flight school, and he swept me away with my two small (laughs) children to Guam. Yeah. So we went from one beach to another beach. A long way from home. Yeah. But we are now, um, we've retired with him at 28 years, and we have now almost approached 32 years of marriage. Yeah. Military life is not for everyone, but it's for a lot of us. And it, to me, you don't always have your family close. Mm-hmm. So your military family and the people that you meet there become your family. So they will always be your friends. I have friends from the very first duty station in Guam. Your family becomes your family. <laughs>
0: You have a mix of friends and family. That's yes. so true.
2: Yes. So true. Yes. What about you, Randa? I'm Randa Oleski, and I'm originally from West Texas, Midland, Texas. Mm-hmm. And what brought me to Pensacola actually was my husband's profession. He's a minister, and he works at the campuses on uh, U- University of West Florida and Pensacola <laughs> State College. So yeah. that's what led us here 33 years ago. So, and we've been married for 30, almost 39 years.
0: I mean, you guys should talk about your relationship because yours is so unique. So like we met through Global Corner and when I first was like introduced to you guys, you're like, oh yeah, we share, we share kids. So explain that basically.
1: I have a daughter, my number two daughter and Brenda has a son, Yeah, her
0: number two
1: son, and they met working here in Pensacola. They became good friends, and then they began dating, and then they had some rough roads along the way, and then they re- reconnected, reconnected <laughs> oh yeah, and got engaged. And they live in New York, so I met Randa when we started trying to plan a wedding from Just New York <laughs> to Pensacola <laughs> uh-huh. on a one day a, week. a champagne <laughs> a champagne wedding on a beer budget, <laughs> and, and, and oh, we oh, were oh. trying to do it from here and get their approvals. It was beautiful. You it, guys did it a great did. job. It turned out, it, it was an amazing wedding, and and I will say that in a lot of weddings, the mother in law mm-hmm. to the to, to a daughter, I mean, to my daughter, I mean, you don't always get the support. Yeah. Randa was like a sister coming in there and helping pay for things and helping find things, and we worked together as a team, and that team became a friendship very quickly. Can I say that for me, it was
2: fun to be a part of it because I've got three sons. So from the time I had my third son, I realized I was going to miss out on some things that if you had a daughter, you would get to experience. So I was thrilled to be able to do those things. It was like, oh my goodness, I get to actually be a part of things that I hadn't thought I'd ever be a part of. Yeah,
0: you got to do all the girly things yeah, that I she got to did get to do. The I got girly to things. be
2: there when she tried on her wedding dress and just things like that that you never expected you would be a part of. So it was as
1: fun for me it as, was. it was yeah. truly a. Um, a joint effort to bring um
0: And we literally everything not together know
1: one another at all. Yeah. Um even though we both
2: But you guys said you town.
0: guys were both like meeting weekly. Like you're be- meeting a weekly without your kids. Like without your a kids you're just hanging She'd out. She'd say,
1: Okay, rehearsal and I'm like, Okay, what are, what are you thinking? And and we would talk about decorations and I said, Well this is what I'm thinking and then she would find something and I would find something and together we made it all happen.
2: Even like they don't either one, they didn't want to have a cake. And so at the time I was working somewhere where there was a pastry chef, or he used to be a pastry chef, so they were kind of doing a theme of Italian. So it was like it became, he was like excited to be able to make this cake, really. It was a pastry kind of
1: Italian wedding cake, sort of. It was, it was. It was not a a cake cake. It was this huge pastry with fruit on top. It had
0: some pizzazz in it.
1: Oh, it totally had pizzazz. So between the cheesecake for, for Stephen and, and this Italian fruit pastry, it looked beautiful.
0: You have a huge family. That is like one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you guys is because you're mom and a lot of people. Brenda, let's start with you. How many kids do you have and like how many grandchildren do you have?
2: I have three grown sons and two daughter in laws. And I have four grandchildren that are here right now. And I have mm-hmm. one on the way within the next month. Yeah. <laughs> that yes we will have a little granddaughter together.
0: Actually, Michelle and I will share little <laughs> we'll a little granddaughter. we have share kids have one each, one each, <laughs> one boy, one girl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I love that also it's going to be one boy, one girl. Cause that's how I grew up. It was my, my brother, you know, and I, and, I loved having a brother as well. You know what I mean? It's something about, yeah.
1: Share share your sibling (laughs) situation.
0: Please do. Any details you guys want to share? This is is all about family today. Having a little granddaughter
2: is really special because I grew up in a family. I have three brothers. My dad had two brothers. I had three sons. And then I had a grandson. So girls are in short supply in my family. So... I have one granddaughter, but I can't put too much emphasis on that one granddaughter because I've got three grandsons. So I'm so thrilled to have another granddaughter <laughs> that I can
1: spread out the pink and purple and yeah. frilly things. So Absolutely. I'm I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, it's definitely great. I mean and, and uh, unlike random with three brothers, I have five sisters.
0: Oh my gosh. And yes, I and see the brothers of the I've been
1: raised in this huge family of girls forever. Then I have three three daughters and a son, and so my son is so comfortable among women. Yeah. I mean, he's the best husband ever because he's done it all with his sisters. So <laughs> I also have four grandchildren. We have two girls, two boys, and this will make a third girl. Uh-huh. And I will announce right now, but it's it looks like number six grandchild is coming it's not out for, for common knowledge yet, but by the time this
0: airs, it will be, uh, it
1: should be. Yes. Yes. So So the end of the summer, early September, I should have a number six.
0: That is amazing. This just makes me so happy because it's like mother's day. And you guys are both in this season of like expectancy and like waiting and like praying over like these, these, these blessings. People ask you what your,
1: what your hopes and dreams are for your children. Mm -hmm. Well, my prayer every day is that God blesses them with what they should have.
0: Yeah. What is your prayer? What do you pray for your kids? I
2: actually Learn, I actually thought about that. It's, it's become different things as, as babies, as children. It was just they would be safe, I think, and, and grow to adulthood, that they would make wise choices. As they became teenagers, it was more that God would protect them because I realized quickly that you didn't have them under your wing all the time, and, and they were going to be out of your sight, and you had to trust teachers, and you had to trust other people. With your children and as adults now, I have, we have adult children. I have to trust even more their decisions for each other and mm-hmm. for their job. You, you kind of have to let go more and more and more as they get older. It just, yeah. the relationship changes. It's, you're listening a lot more and giving less advice sometimes having to mm-hmm. learn to do that because okay. they, they're adults
1: themselves. So my mother, yeah. mother of eight said, when we went out the door as adults that she had taught us everything and given us every tool to be successful as as a human, as a parent, as a in a church wherever we would be and what we did with it once we went out the door was our choice yeah. but she had given us the tools to be what we needed to be and that she always said that i can say it wasn't always perfect after we went out that door between eight kids there was always somebody taking mm-hmm. taking a left road but In the end, it all turned out that they woke up on their knees and went to bed on their knees, and it made a difference on the kind of adults that we became and now what kind of grandparents we are and how we we parented our children and now how we take care of our grandchildren.
2: And I think of my own mother. I know she couldn't have appreciated every decision I made. She didn't agree with it, but she allowed me to make my own decisions and my own choices, and then she would come in and support me,
0: mm-hmm. whatever
2: that was. And I, and now that I'm in that same position, that can't be an easy thing because we see our kids sometimes make choices and we're like, oh, I don't know, you may regret that. But I think of my mom and I think I, I need to give that same blessing to my children and allow them to be grown ups. you know, just like my parents yeah. allowed me to do. And I know they didn't always agree with everything I did, I'm sure.
0: That's so good to hear because I feel like someone needed to hear that. They might have just let their kid walk out and start living it as an adult. Sometimes
2: Sometimes it's it's things like I I chose to homeschool at one point. For 11 years, it it became. I know that early on, my parents weren't right right on board with that because it was in the 90s and it wasn't that popular of a thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I was a little scared myself, but I knew that I had a child that really needed my extra attention and... I just jumped in to do it and I've never regretted it one minute, but it was hard. My, my parents, I didn't feel like they were right on board yeah, and that understand. was a little scary to feel like I was doing something that, that they didn't approve of or they didn't understand. And they came on board over time and they, they saw that it, but it, that it was really hard. And that was one of the first things that I kind of did that didn't, have my parents' approval <laughs> so much?
0: Did you do you have a similar experience, Michelle?
1: I um, really think I never, I never have wanted to homeschool. So kudos, I to, was going to say Miranda. kudos to
0: you too. That's I, a lot I, of hard I, work. It is it hard works. work, and
1: um, Miranda's the only girl, so she had a different bringing up than I did. Um, where we had so many of us, and we had a very, very social and. Loud house and oh, always... Why does that
0: not shock me, Michelle, with and, your and, personality?
1: <laughs> and my but my parents would not let us spend the night out. Oh, or really? Did they, they didn't care if we brought the whole school home to our house. They wanted us, everybody, to be at our home mm-hmm. where they knew we were all safe. We always had a house full of high school kids. Always, always. Even big holidays christmas time we would take them all to midnight mass and as we, we were all different religions but they thought so much of us and that they were going to come back to my house and my dad was going to cook them breakfast at two o'clock in the morning they looked forward to that
0: every year and to this day
1: that. at 65 these boys that i went to high school with they will probably still be able to tell you that i love memories like
0: that when parents are so intentional or like something well, that that could have been really bad that people like you always had that people over to your house but like look at that sweet memory
2: Oh yeah, it was it was easy. It was easy. I think that you touched on it when you said the word intentional. What you don't realize until you become a parent is you become very intentional about things you didn't realize you would. Are you saying that about homeschooling—that's not something. I'm not a person who puts myself out there and does something that goes against the grain. That's not my personality. Mm-hmm. However, I had a child that I had training in learning disabilities, and I could clearly see he was having issues. So as a parent, you just, you do what you have to do and you think, I'll get the resources I need and I'll figure this out, but that's what's best for him right now and I've got to do it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it came from. And, and I didn't really artist. know how it would turn out, but that's kind of what parenting is. Sometimes <laughs> you just jump in there and pray for guidance as you and, and, and make you know, decisions.
1: In a world today, now I don't think, Koli, you're in this position, but there is so much depression and anxiety among our young adults, mm-hmm. your age, and even into mid thirties. I mean, I see it even amongst my own children. They they are so intensely in, involved in what they do and what they work where they work that it becomes an anxiety issue. And as a parent, they don't always tell you, but you hear through the grapevine that they're struggling. So as a parent, and and I'm sure, Randy, all it takes is, hey, I'm thinking about you. Work through it. Breathe. Yeah. Know that you don't have to do it all today.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: I know that that's working this week for one of my kids. Yeah. Just those few words. And those are the things you have to be intentional about as they get yeah. to be adults because
2: they're not sharing everything with you. They're not under your roof anymore, so you only can get bits and pieces, especially if they live away from you. Yeah, because you guys um, both have
0: – many of your kids are not in the same area as you do, so you have to be really right. intentional with traveling too. I know you guys – Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> lucky to even get you both at the same table for, like, a Friday morning because – I remember we were looking at the calendar and like, well, I'm not going to be here then, or this is going to be when we're tag teaming yeah, for this birth. I was, <laughs> was going to say, man, I'm so glad that like we, I got you guys both on the at the same time. Well, table. and
2: until two years ago, we're we're kind of in that sandwich area. I had my parents in the mix as well that were in another state that I was having to juggle mm-hmm. between grandparents, parents, your own immediate family. So that makes it even more complicated
1: mm-hmm. at times because Rand totally involved in everything that her grandchildren in Pensacola do. Totally. I mean, she takes yeah. them to school and picks them up a lot of days. Um, and probably a little that is because I
2: missed out on that. Obviously, by homeschooling, I didn't have that experience. Yeah. So I find it fun.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you guys is not only are you all actual moms, meaning you have children and offspring, <laughs> but um you guys are such... Mothering voices to other people that you meet, like Randa, you lead a college girls small group, and Michelle, like you have told me so many stories of where you just had had to be mothering voice to people in the military with all the places that you visited, and you guys both have been mom to me. I mean, Michelle, do you remember when I was having such bad cramps at work one day, and I just said, I just ran to you, and I just said can you just be mom for one second and tell me I'm going to be okay? Do you remember that? Oh, definitely. And the first thing you're like, did you take some ibuprofen? And I'm like, yes. And I was just crying because I didn't feel good. Even though I don't have children myself, I want to exude the qualities that you guys are pouring into me and pouring into so many people. So how
1: you're going to be a great mother. Thank you. You are, you are, yeah. you have to,
0: when that me. season comes, I want to be a great mom. Um, and I'm so blessed. I just get to like, kind of watch you guys, like what you do, you know what I mean? And like, here you talk about like the joy of what being a mom looks like. Even if you never become a mother, there are things you
2: can mentor. There's always, girls out there or boys mm-hmm. that don't have that role model in their life, that you can be that role model for them. Yeah. And by role model, it can be as simple as just character qualities in yourself that they don't see on a regular basis. You can be kind. You can be compassionate. You, you have to become, again, intentional about seeing different needs. You know, you see they're lonely, give them a hug.
1: Or, you know, there's things like that you can do that can mother somebody. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I feel just, like I've been
1: a mother my whole life. I have a twin sister, and we've been mothering siblings since we were three years old. By the time we were three, there were six of us. Mothering comes natural to me, and sometimes people accept it, and some people I have to catch myself. I'm, I'm mothering people who are older than me, or or too young to be mothering them. That, but it, it's just it's just a quality that I've been blessed with, and I will always have your back. And you. and, and, and things <laughs> that I would tell my kid. I mean. You have to be a good listener. You have to learn when to bite your tongue, as Rhanda said, and you have to know that you just sometimes you just need to be that kind person or say that one word that they know you're there and you, and you will be there. Even with our teaching as a group here, we yeah. we have to be listeners. You know, some of these children may say something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but they need to talk. So we need to be listening. So, yeah, you know, having grandchildren, we're, we having to listen a lot. Having had children, even adult children who need us, your children always need you. It doesn't matter what age they get to be. It doesn't matter. They're going to always yeah. need you. So that's, that's the way I feel. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm needed.
0: <laughs> you guys have such beautiful families and you can just see like the overflow of joy that you guys have worked so hard. How has your relationship with God changed since motherhood? Like, what have you learned about God?
1: But you have to bring it into your everyday life so that your children see it. I have to say that my children as adults struggle with where their position in church is. And if I don't provide some kind of character for them to see, and it's not where they go and what they do, it's that they know that their God is there. And they find it in places that you wouldn't think. My role as a parent is to make sure they never lose that. Or my grandkids never lose that. It's really a, it's a challenge and it's a, it's a mission. And I think what I've learned, I grew up in a a family that was, had a strong faith.
2: And so it transferred, I guess, easily to the most of us children. But as I became a parent, when my children were younger, it transferred. But I think where they had to learn a point in their life where God was their God, not my God, not my beliefs, Mm -hmm. not my convictions, but they had to own them for themselves. And that was hard for me as a parent because there's always the risk they're going to say, I don't need that. But when they own it for themselves, it's stronger and it it's something they really can tie to. And it can become, you know, a lifeline for them when they're going through those hard times. So I think that's one thing I've learned as a parent is it's more teaching them that God is who you need to rely on, not us, not our oh, that's beliefs good. so much as it needs to be your beliefs. You're the one who's got to own it for yourself as an adult.
0: I am not planning on becoming a mom anytime soon, but when I think about becoming a mom, that is the red button that totally freaks me out, is that what if I were to raise a child that I poured all my love into and they do not believe in the Lord that I love?
1: It's something you have to face when it comes. having been free will. It's a free will Mm -hmm. and it's a free choice. I mean, I was raised in a very strict Catholic family. My kids were all baptized as Catholics, and only two of the four even practice that. But the other two had their own beliefs and I have, and I know Mm -hmm. they don't know that I know, but as they talk to each other in a sibling, say group text, one will ask the other to please pray for them. When they're struggling, they'll say, Hey, I don't know what you're doing today, but please say an extra prayer for me Mm because I'm struggling. And I know that's working for them. And they all, you know, they all have their, their own beliefs and they're there. Yeah. So, you know, you did your job. (laughs) <laughs> Not a job, but you did. You did what was that, What what? God asked us as parents to do?
0: I think so. That's so good. What has been your favorite part about being a mom or a grandmother? You can share any memories. I love listening to these. You guys share them at work all the time, so freely, and so I get to oh gosh, bask in that. Every day you
1: come home, you hear a new story. Yeah, you know. Just I, I, I
0: think love it's it. that I lo- have learned so much about
2: myself, good and bad, from being a parent. You can kind of be selfish when it's just you, (laughs) but when you have kids who have needs, it becomes, you know, all about what they need and you have to put yourself in the back. I mean, if it's not getting a good night's sleep or whatever it is, you just are forced to become unselfish. Mm -hmm. So there's qualities that it really develops in you that maybe you could have developed them anyway through other things, but it forces you real quickly to have to get on board with certain things, or it's going to be really tough to be a parent. Okay. That's
0: the other red button that when I think about becoming a mom, that's the other thing that scares me is because I had such a good mom and she was so selfless in whatever she did. And I think about the bar that she set. And I always think like, I don't know how I could ever reach that bar. You will. Yeah. And that's what everyone tells me. And that's a fear I've had to let go because I just think I'm like, you know what? I will be the mom that God wants me to be, it might not look like my mom, but that doesn't mean it's any less. um, And I
2: actually had that conversation with a sister-in-law not long ago because her mother is a very selfless, uh, and so she's lived under that thinking I have to be, and she's got a a different personality. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I do So she's had to find her place of what that means. And now she has a daughter who's now looking at two generations above her, and they all are having to find their own way to, be themselves and be a mom. You know, we all have different personalities. I don't have the energy my, my, my mother had. Um, and I, that's always bothered me. It's like, I could do half what she does. I don't have to, you know, God's not expecting me to be her. I'm my own person and I have to embrace the things that make me who I am, those strengths that make me you know, whatever they are, I don't have to be her. There was only one her and I'm to be somebody different.
1: So you have to be okay with those things and use those strengths you have. I have doubted myself many times as a mother. Am I doing this correctly? Why is my child yelling at me right now And she's 17 years old and, and, and she's leaving out my door and all she can do is yell at me for what she's not seeing what I have done for her. She's asked me what I haven't done for her. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that's always a real hard place to be and, and it really hurts. And then a few years later, or they go through college or they get out of college. And right now with all of my children above 25, they recognize the strengths of your, of you as a mother. They applaud you as a mother. They didn't put you on a pedestal. Yeah. But it took that. It took. You can't be your child's friend, Mm
0: -hmm. but you
1: want to be their friend. And I I still want to be my children's friends, but it's not till they're adults that they realize, I don't want to say how good you had it, because they do see other relationships and families where they just don't have what they had. And as a military wife and having to raise children with a deployed husband, that was a tough place to be. My job saved me, gave me a place to be. I had the good times with the kids. And, and maybe they, they probably challenged me as my decisions because they didn't have the man figure there, but it all came out good. It all made them stronger, more social, more personable people because of, of, of not having everything at right at the same time. But as adults today, I know that they are so proud and so happy that they were raised the way they were raised and that they have the parents that they have.
0: Can you go deeper on that just for a second? Because I know. The people who will listen to this, I'm thinking of one friend whose, her husband is deployed quite often. Can you go there for a second and tell what does that mom need to hear right now? She's never alone.
1: If you are a military wife, you are never alone. And it depends on where you are with the Navy, what your, what your husbands are doing, but there is a, a group somewhere that can support you and you are never alone. I feel stronger as a mother after having been a military wife because yeah. we went from a very young group of women to I myself becoming the one that's leading these young women and tell them they are who they are with or without their husbands. Their husbands have a rank and a duty. You are their support. You are not a military member, quote. You can show your strengths and and share your strengths. And I I, I have shared so much with other women. Having been alone made me stronger. And I love to be that independent, dependent wife. You know, <laughs> yes. I'm thrilled when he comes back and he wants to do it all. He says, but, but when he's gone, you, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it with your kids and your kids learn to do it too. And then they have their own circle of support, whether it be school or the other kids that are, are um, the children of the other military members. Now I'm not just the same as a military, it could be a big corporation. It could be a church group. It could be any group. Randa's life has been revolved around a church group, Uh-huh. you know, where I had church groups, but hers is they're the leaders. <laughs> her, she and her yeah. husband have been the leaders of so many families. Whereas mine's much smaller than what Randa's has done,
0: And that's where I'm going what? next. Randa, can you speak to like the mom who's like, has to be like a leader in the church or maybe like her husband is a leader in the church? Like, what do you say? Like, cause you, I love it that you guys are both in such different groups, but they're, they're one and the same.
2: Well, first of all, he's not really a leader of a church. Okay. Um, forgive me. I'm it, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But He is a minister. He's actually employed through an entity, not a church, but he is on the college campuses. Okay. So so in a way, that makes us lonelier because we're kind of like solo. We're kind of on our own. So I don't really have a support group like you would in a church where you have other ministers, wives, and such. So it can be a kind of a lonely place. So I can relate to some of what, you know, where you're kind of alone doing it sometimes. But he's got a really odd schedule because he works with college students. I grew up in a home that my dad left for work at 6.15. He came home at 4.15. My entire life. So it was very scheduled and regimented. And it was very secure for me because that's my personality, very structured. So I married my husband and he's gone on weekends, on taking kids on trips in the summer. So the schedule's very flexible, fluid. That has been an adjustment of sorts. And so it put me as a kind of a single mom a lot of times. Yeah. I had to keep them on somewhat of a regimented schedule as they were growing up, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be sometimes. And so you have to adjust your thinking. And that's what I was going to say with parenting. One of the things I've learned is if you can just keep the big picture in mind, that everything you go through, it's not forever. It's just a season of life. And that helped me get to another place because my family was far away. And so a lot of times it would fall on either my husband or myself. We didn't have family in town to take kids and things like that. So we had to rely on each other and our church family a lot of times. So there are similarities sometimes. Exactly. I
1: didn't live near my family for 22 years. Yeah. And I never did.
2: You know, it makes you appreciate having kids here in town. And I
1: think, I think Miranda can share too, because she has a son who, who leads and has a wife that takes that position as, how do, how do you explain John Mark? Yeah. Explain his explain position. John Mark. John, yeah. John he,
0: Mark.
2: Um, my oldest son, this is another parenting thing that really took a lot of Faith on my part, because he got married 10 years ago, and about four months into the marriage, he said, I'm feeling like God's leading me to plant a church. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, really? (laughs) You have a family now? And that scared me to death. But at the same time, I thought, I trust my son. And I'm just going to have to back off. I mean, I taught him to listen to God. He even told me, he was like, Mom, didn't you teach me to listen to God's voice? And he's telling me to do this. And it's like, okay, point taken. This is 11 years ago, and he still has a church. So that taught me a huge lesson. Like, you know, God's got this. Just trust God and trust your son to be the adult that he needs to be. But yeah, he's got a unique kind of situation. So my job at this point in my life is to pray for him and support him however
0: um,
2: emotionally and just be there to encourage.
0: You were sharing this with me on when he goes to write a sermon where he goes usually.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. He's like John the Baptist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He likes to go into the woods. He lives close to UWF and there are woods all around there and he will go in the woods. He before he had children, he would go and take a tent and spend the night over in the woods. So yeah, I mean, he's, that is so
0: interesting to me. I've shared that with Chris because like we're both in the season of where we're trying to um, hear from God more, and I was like John Mark, Randa's son, like he goes into the woods to <laughs> to like hear I've learned, more. I learned, I learned a lot
2: about faith. I didn't have the faith that he's had. I. Thought they're going to be living in our, our, they're going to live in the guest room pretty soon because they're just not going to make enough money and da da da. And I mean, God has taken care of and provided every need. They have three children. They 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 still live in their house. I've learned so much by just watching and observing his faith
1: that it's helped my faith grow. Mm -hmm. Actually, his sermons are very very strong, and I like to watch him as a person. Not only does she have. Handsome boys, but to watch him stand at a pulpit and he shares some. In- Can
2: I just say he's he's my child that that led me to homeschool because he had learning disabilities. He did not learn to read till he was in third grade. Do you know the fear that creates in a parent that you think oh, they're not going to graduate high school, they're not going to go to college? You know all these things. Your mind goes there when I look at his life and. In- the books he reads are theology. I mean, did he <laughs> yeah. not just learn to read? But he reads some of the things that I can't even interpret. Um he can interpret them. That's the whole thing. And point. he enjoys reading them and loves it amazes me. I don't know what other word to say except when I hear him preach. Not that that he's special or that he's you know, but well he is special because he's my son. He is. But yeah. Just the testimony in his life, I see all that when I see him. I see what he was as a child, and what God's done with his life. It makes me look back at me of how I don't have faith to believe that He can do that. Why don't I? Why couldn't I believe that He could take him? It was and a challenge time for you. To hear. That's all. So yeah. I mean, it grew my faith, and so that was. just— But you're
0: seeing it now, and like that's, that's and all. you see
1: it in your grandchildren because you shared yeah. that too. How excited they got for their first Bible! And that goes back to my mom, actually. A lot of that.
0: Hey, guys. Popping in here to share a little surprise with you. Something that I mentioned last week. I am giving away a $50 gift card to Chow Bella Boutique. Chow Bella is my favorite place to shop for clothing and accessories in the Pensacola area. Their style is chic. Classy, full of Southern flair with a dash of influence of the Emerald Coast. To celebrate Mother's Day, again, I'm giving away a $50 gift card to Chow Bella. This can be used in-store or online. This is an Instagram-only giveaway, so head over to my account on Instagram to enter now. My handle is at Coley Browning. And if you want to check out Chow Bella for yourself, you can visit their website at shopthebella.com. Again, shopthebella.com. This is the biggest prize for a giveaway we have done so far on Still With You. But it's just a small way that we can celebrate Mother's Day. The giveaway for the $50 gift card to Chow Bella closes on May 15th at 10pm Central. Go enter now. Michelle, you have this tradition that you do with your kids. Can you share? It is so well, fun. Well,
1: my kids expect me to do the out of the normal, <laughs> truly. So when you start making traditions for your family when they are adults and then now they have their children, over the last, say, 10 or 12 years, I've just decided that at Christmas time, you know, knowing it's Christ's birthday, but with all the silly hats they put out, I decided that when my children come into town, I'm meeting them with those hats. If I have to go to them, I'm going with the hat. They love it. And, and I didn't realize how much they loved it till this year when they came into the airport and I was not there to meet them. Mm. And they missed that part of it. Me not being there with some hat that's either dancing or me dancing around. <laughs> and so when we came flying home after they were already here... They met us with hats. Of course, I made my husband put a hat on in the airplane so that we had them on when we got off. But, but I mean, I surprised my daughter in Portland and I carried a, a hat that if I just moved the wrong way on the plane, it was going to start singing. <laughs> and it sang before we went out the door that morning. And my husband looked at me and says, you are not taking that on the plane. I said, yes, I am. And then, and then I go and I walk into a restaurant i warned the, the the hostess and she says only if you leave it on so <laughs> i surprised my my 28 year old daughter and as soon as she hears music she turns her head and can't believe that that music is actually her mother it was the most <laughs> thrilling moment for both of us and and my her boyfriend was so excited that he forgot to push the record button <laughs> So oh, that's no. that's my story about hats. So
0: Well you have it recorded now, so everyone you'll always <laughs> Yeah, be able so to every to the story. every year
1: I am constantly looking so always be looking for something that does something different or looks a little different because You're i The mean, bigger the better, right? Oh sure. <laughs> I mean I might I may be small but those hats can be tall. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that it. awesome. Yes, it's so good. I'm so good. Totally fits who you are, too. I love it. Hey. You're always such a go getter. Like, oh my gosh! Like, it totally feels so even appropriate that you guys literally like would feed me. You guys fed me brunch this morning, just right That's, before we do this, like bringing casseroles over.
1: Like, it's something that I have learned from very early. My dad believed that you should have food in your hand. I mean, my friends would come over and he would hand them a plate of food. Oh wow! And. I don't know if I should share this story, but it's pretty funny. Go for it. I don't care. Um, this, when I was in college, early college, I had, um, really close friends here in Pensacola and they were twin boys and we were twin girls. But anyway, I took one of these boys home to my parents' house, 50 miles to, to have dinner. Well, this poor guy, my dad made him eat so much. I mean, he served him a half a chicken and he, <laughs> and he was Italian too, and he didn't feel like he could say no to anything my dad handed him. Oh gosh. We had to pull over on Highway 98 and let him lose some of the food. Lose the dinner? <laughs> lose some dinner because he couldn't hardly breathe. (laughs) And and that, that guy is now, you know, just a year younger than me. And he would probably tell still tell that story today. Oh yeah. Like, oh man, I couldn't say no to Mr. Soravalo, So (gasps) I ate and ate and ate and ate and exploded.
0: So (laughs) So
1: that's kind of my dad. He believed you should have something to drink and something to eat in your hand. That
0: totally fits your personality because you, you, well, you both are so, full of the gift of hosting, but like Michelle, you're always that way. Like you would bring me like food, like in the mornings for work or something. Like, okay. Remember, you always had coffee going, like when we were doing carpooling.
1: Oh yeah. That was my thing. Bring the coffee to the ladies.
0: Yeah. The one spikes.
1: day when you really needed food, I was not there for you but I was the next day. Yeah, the day when I had
0: a low blood sugar and I brought you a whole bag had- full of treats
1: the next day so to make sure you didn't do that again. I still
0: have them in my bag in case I get in trouble. So, yep.
2: <laughs> you know what that's a good segue though into legacies because you don't realize when you're growing up that there's things that really have become part of who you are and that's what Michelle's really sharing is a lot of those things that she was taught as a, a child and grew up it be- it's who she became as a mom, yeah. even to pass on. Did you want me to share about my mom?
0: I want you to share about your mom. Because those are legacies, do, too, this... in a
2: different kind yeah. of way. Mm-hmm. Um in a great way. One of the things that all of my brothers and I realized when she passed away was she all, all my life, I remember, if you got up early in the morning, she had gotten up earlier. And you could hear her whispering over in her area where she prayed. She always had... Card she went over and she always wanted to know what we wanted to pray about. So that was like a legacy, I remember. Is that, I mean, if you got up at six, she was up at five or whatever. She kept journals and she wrote thank yous to everybody and she wrote letters to two of my brothers live in town. So they never got letters, but another brother and I always lived away. So every Sunday afternoon, she would write us a letter and just kind of keep us connected with the rest of the family, is the best way I can say. I never thought about it really, but about 10 or 15 years ago, I started keeping, every once in a while, I would keep a letter just thinking, you know, one day this will be the last letter that I ever get. And I actually now have a big notebook and I put them in chronological order. It's been a year and a half and I don't have the emotional ability yet to open that and read them. Just, it's going to tell a story when I do. Mm -hmm. And that makes me really happy that I have that. To look at and to share, but two of my brothers never got letters, and they, you know, they don't know what that's going to be like. But it made me realize, just like Michelle, like the having food and drinking, you you absorb a lot of these things that you didn't you didn't think about at the time they were happening. But when you get to be our ages, you look at those things and they they became part of who you are, and they became. But your mother even sent letters to your your children. Oh, she did, to all the kids who lived away. Every Sunday afternoon between church, she would sit down and write this list of the kids that lived away and do a cycle. And so my mom ended up at the very end not being able to talk any longer. So the very last letter I got actually was when I got back home from her funeral. It Mm -hmm. had gotten lost in the mail I never heard that story. Yeah, and, uh, that's
0: that's why I heard. Um, it I heard
2: and it had been written probably a month before, but I only got it in the mail when I got home. So it was oh. almost like I was getting this letter from. It, it just from was, God.
0: It's that's so sacred, though. And she even
2: wrote in there the place where I live now is really starting to feel like home. So it's just like, yeah, wow. I'm appreciative of that legacy. I feel like, and I'm going to try to do my best to kind of carry that on mm-hmm. with my brothers and write them and not to become my mom, but just because I know how important that has been for me. And it's some kind of connection that
1: you're passing on to the next sharing generation. and caring. I'm, I'm lucky that my brothers and sisters, most of them live here now. We're almost all in the same place, but with the brothers that don't live here, which is all of your brothers mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you know, with our kids not living here, if my kids did not FaceTime me, or call me during the week. It would be so sad, and and I get that. We get that blessing. FaceTime's such a wonderful thing. Oh, isn't it my mom, wonderful. oh my gosh, yes.
2: it wasn't around when I would talk to my mom. But we had like one or two nights a week. My husband would have to work, and we on that night is when I would talk to my mom. Just because I knew that way, I didn't have to feel like I was cutting into our family time or something. But Facetime,
1: oh, she would have loved that. Oh, she would have. <laughs> she would have. She would have.
0: I think it's the word that we even talked about earlier. It's like, that's so intentional. You guys both are such intentional people. Well, Your parents were intentional people. They were. Yeah. And you
1: don't even know what they gave you until later.
0: Yeah. Hers
2: and my kids are in the same age range from the late 20s to the you know mid 30s, I mm-hmm. guess, or mid 30s. And they're just now kind of coming into those
1: times that they're appreciating things that, and both sets of our kids like each other. Yeah. I mean, good. all of them. Her three and my four, they, they have a great time when they're together. Yeah. And all the grandkids, they all interact beautifully together. It's fun. Here's the biggest blessing that we live in the same town. We do have to share, but we don't have to take every other year either Mm -hmm. for right now (laughs) till it gets too hard. Right now we get to, to have our grandkids and our kids here and share them. For my kids, I always tell them, I always ask God to keep them happy and holy and healthy and safe. That's my line. That's my happy. My, say it again. Happy, holy, healthy, and safe. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm praying for them, I that's what I always say. Whether I'm walking or whether I'm in a church or whether they need extra prayer, keep them happy and holy and healthy and safe for, for all of them and my friends and family. Yeah. We all have such extended groups. Mm
2: -hmm. I think parenting and mothering has been so much what I thought it would be, but so much more than I thought it would be because I always wanted to be a mother and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That just from the time I was a little girl, I didn't really think about after they got old enough to leave. It was like, I didn't really give that a whole lot of thought. (laughs) Maybe I should have. I didn't count on how much it would teach me about myself. I just was thinking about the mothering part and I wasn't thinking about personally the things that you would gain. From that and the growth
1: that it would. My mother cause. was a stay at home mom too. And I never thought about one way or the other with eight children in one family. That could be total bliss or total chaos. And I can say growing up with seven brothers and sisters, it was not chaotic most of the time. It was a very loving group. And so I always wanted eight kids. I always wanted to have the same as my mother. Yeah. And I mean, we, we did, we did great. And, and then God says here, you're going to have four. I'm very happy with four. Now we can extend our family with our grandchildren, you know, and again, praying for what they need, not what, not always what you want, what they need.
0: You guys are such good moms. This makes me so happy. The name of the podcast is called Still With You. Um, This doesn't have to be revolved around mothering. It can if you want it to be, but I'll ask each of you guys, where is God still with you?
1: I think that God shines through me in in ways that I don't know. I agree. Somebody said to me one time that you don't know what you do for other people. I still don't know. Okay, I have to stop for a second. That's fine. (laughs) Talk with me because I have to
2: stop. I would say that he, he really hasn't ever gone anywhere. He's always been there. Maybe there's... At this period in my life, I have more freedom or more insight because of gaining years of experience of, of problems and blessings both ways. And I would say that He's still with me in the way that he He's still there. He's still walking beside us through situations and seasons of our life. Maybe they look different now than they did 20 years ago, but He's still there with us if we... Ask him to be there with us and he mm-hmm. can be with our children, he, mm-hmm. our children, and our grandchildren the same way. So mm-hmm. it's kind of imparting that to the next generation is
1: kind of part of our responsibility. That's, that's where I agree. I think, I think it's even stronger now. You know, he's always been with us. He'll always be with us. But as a grandparent now, I see the need to get more strength to have the patience and the knowledge to help walk our grandchildren and children through a troubled world. He's never left us, so he's still with us. He'll always be with us, so all you got to do is remember that he's walking and he's standing on your shoulder. Some days it's a stronger feeling than others, but I think it just gets better. And I think learning to to share that with our kids and
2: share our – we tend to want them to to see all the good that and and not share the the things that we've gone through, but those are the things that can really help them um, sometimes the most because they don't want to see us as perfect. They need to know that we – have gotten through some hard things. And how do we do that? You know, that's important for them
1: to that's life. Yeah. It's not supposed to be all roses and and good times. It's it's challenges. And I think the biggest word that you could remember in the world today is kindness. And that kindness is like an an octopus with tentacles. It just goes out (laughs) everywhere. If you can be kind and good and loving, then the blessings flow.
0: Yeah. Not only do I just love to share this podcast, but like Each conversation that I share is just a personal little audio file of the memories that I shared with the people on the other side of this microphone, talking about kindness and blessings. Since I work with you guys, I see you guys quite a bit. You guys have both been such a positive voice of kindness that has just showered me and told me that reminded me that I'm not alone in things. And so I can't thank you all enough for... Just, just being and because I I trust you guys so much in knowing that when I come to you all, you guys are just there for me and like has always encouraged me. And I just will always like treasure our friendship. And so you're cool. such an
1: easy person. We're to very love thankful color. for you too. And, <laughs> and,
0: and and you walk through life with lots of different people. Yeah,
1: and and I met a lot of people in my life. As Miranda, you're just you're just spreading out, but. You're going to walk through life, and there are going to be people that could be around you 24-7, mm-hmm. and then you're going to meet some that are short-term. Mm-hmm. They're just you, you love them, but you can only take short moments with them. And there's others that you could be around every waking hour. Yeah. So you learn to be kind and, and mm-hmm. rewind. <laughs> be kind and rewind. Be kind, rewind.
2: <laughs> and I think today in our society, oh, so hard. kindness is in short supply a lot of times. Totally. Um, social so media too. has not help that at all. There's just such meanness a lot of times. So kindness is always something that can diffuse all kinds of anger
1: and that's mean what I, things. The title that you chose for your podcast fits you to a T.
0: Me? Yeah. It fits me? It does. Oh my gosh. I don't know how you
1: chose that, but I know that 10 years from now, when I'm 75 <laughs> and you're 32... You're still gonna be my friend.
0: Yeah. That's my you prayer. Just, is you just that make I, friendships like that. I want that's my prayer. Is that I want to be a friend who is not perfect, but I want to be consistent and that I don't want to make friendships just friendships like I want them to be deep and I want to love well.
2: And, and I and I think there's probably the tendency mm-hmm. I'm I'm not military, so I don't know that, but I know I know ministry and I know there's the easy way would be to shut yourself off from people mm-hmm. because you're going to be gone in a few years or you don't want to share a part of yourself, but you lose by doing that because mm-hmm. you gain totally. so much by opening yourself up. And I've seen that with you. You've opened yourself up. You know, you're just here for a few years. Yeah. Um, you could have closed yourself off and said, this is just my little world. But instead you're embracing everything about Pensacola while you're here. But I think too, when you first got here, you were
1: so unsure.
0: I was. You
1: were so... It, We've it, seen it,
0: you grow and Oh, yeah. And, and,
1: and I won't say it was rocky, but some of the things that you and I talked about, just military-wise, you just weren't sure about it all. Mm-mm. And I think you've seen a, an extension of, of your life and whatever role you pay, play, whether it's in a church situation or a military situation, a teaching situation. Anywhere you go from this point on, still with you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've, you've been a, a great addition... You are the youngest member of our group. Mm-hmm. So that can always be really hard, but you never run from the older women.
0: <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, know, know, but but I know, but not
1: every 22
0: year old or 20 year old. That is guys. one yes. thing that I was, I was talking about with Aileen the other day. She, she was joking about how I was the youngest on the team. And I said, when I look at y'all though, I don't see age, age. I don't. Yeah. I see like you're my girlfriends. You know what I mean? I do like. I wouldn't be over here on Friday morning hanging out with you all if I didn't feel that way. I know you, and you want to
1: ride with us and you want to do things with us. And, and, and I'm watching this. Well, you all know
0: where to shop too. And that's the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I have met so many people. Well, I have been with girls that are 10 and 20 years younger than me and we still relate like a sister where we could be relating like a mother daughter. Yeah. We're relating more sisterhood.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, then
1: here we are. We're well, a sisterhood. Also,
0: look at that too is that you guys are real open. To me, too, like when I'm like Instagram storing or doing something on my phone, you're like, oh, that's just Coley. And you guys could be real judgmental about that and just be like. Oh, never. But the thing was, yeah. I see you all on your phones, too. So it's still
1: yeah. <laughs> <It's laughs> You boring. know what? Okay. When we talk about social media, and Randon brought it up, too, the three of us sitting here right now, we only share positive yeah. things mm-hmm. on social media. I will not even pay attention to negativity, Mm-hmm. I will not be political. I will, you know, I believe if you can't write something sh- to share with somebody, no matter what it is that day to make that other person that's reading it smile, then why do it? Yeah. Even if I write something silly or something that might affect me and maybe one other person, it's something that touched me or it made me laugh. And there are so many more happy things out there than they are sad. These people that that like to to spout, we don't have time for that.
0: Absolutely.
2: Well, and for me, that's just not the platform to
1: get into at all. Uh, so
2: I have to refrain from commenting many times. <laughs> oh, it's because you're going to start something.
1: In it. Oh, so, I totally agree. That's not the yeah. place. So it no, it's for place. happiness and share. Like Rand and I who have friends and family everywhere else, we're sharing with them. My friends, even these people that I've reconnected with from high school, which is a long time ago, they are loving seeing what's going on in my life with my family. You all both have such interesting
0: lives. I agree. They I mean, just crack mm-hmm. up
1: with the pictures and everything, you know. And and somebody says, "When do your kids grow up and stop being goofy?" I said, "Never. Hope they never grow up." That <laughs> you want them to be goofy because that means they have a, re- a release. Yeah. So you know, I said, "No, it doesn't end." And you're and you're caring and you're loving for them. Never ends. Never ends. That that door is revolving. You always can come home.
0: Thank you guys so much for being on the show. This. Feels right. This feels so. It good. does
1: feel right, and that's why I said sure,
0: Randa, and, I'm so. And glad. my heart kind of like,
1: um, I'll try, and you did <laughs> so, and so you well. Did great. And you did
0: great. How about it? Did I not tell you that they were incredible? I am so thankful for these two beautiful women in my life, and I hope you truly enjoyed this conversation with Michelle and Randa. Hey, if this episode spoke to you, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Maybe send it over to someone who needs guidance or encouragement in their current season. I'm sure they would thank you for it. If you're new to listening to Still With You, then welcome. Again, my name is Coley, and I would love to connect with you. Some ways you can do that is by going to my website, ColeyBrowning.com. You can also follow me on social media, and there I'm at Coley Browning as well. That's K-O-H-L-I-E and Browning like the rifle. Let's be friends. And friends support one another. So if you would be so kind, it would be also amazing if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave a review for the show on iTunes. Or you can follow the podcast on Spotify. This helps more than you know in keeping still with you on platforms such as iTunes and Spotify. So thank you in advance for doing this. Again, a huge thank you to Randa and Michelle for taking the time to be on the show. And thank you all so much for listening. And also a huge... I love you to my sweet mama, who is the best mom in the world to me. You're so selfless, and honestly, I would not be the person I am without you today. Thank you, mom. All right, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Go enter the giveaway. I will see you all in two weeks. Be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that He is still with you. Oh, yeah.